vacuums, everybody. If this is the first time you've given us a listen, allow me to break it down for you. We are the Cultural Vacuums. Josh and Lou sat down in the back room asking our guests what they think is a fact tune. Do they have any guilty pleasures? Open up about their favourite films or life? And what TV shows should we watch tonight? Chat about books and plays and art and coming straight from the bottom of the heart. With a little min with them along the way. Hi, I'm Josh. My questions are the tits. The rest is all texture, which I lead to Lou Fitz. What was that? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I mean, thanks. Anyway, how you been, bro? Good. Where's Paris? I'm moving there. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Lovely stuff. Louis en Paris. No. J'habite à Paris. No. Love it, mate. <laughs> you just gonna little French noises. I uh, I got a G. Uh, sorry, a C at GCSE French, and I I used it. I used that son of a gun. Were you speaking more French out there than you were English? No, um. <laughs> Well, no, because <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I would make the effort going into a, a, a cafe. Cafe culture over there is quite simple. They're against franchises, Joss. I was there and I didn't see one prep. I oh, didn't see one prep. Really? That is where prep is from. And it's still not, not one no there. Prep. Fuck no. It's amazing. They're the so outskirts. against it. And it's so quick on the old uh, on the old Eurostar. Yeah. And I, I bought some shoes, saw some galleries. Ooh, uh, did you go to the Le Louvre? No, nah, I, I didn't do any of the... Oh, fair. I didn't do any of the old uh, touristy... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Eiffel Tower. I've seen Blackpool Tower. Uh, oh, yeah. Which one do you think is better? Um, Blackpool Tower has a fondness in the heart because that's where we would go for fun. You know, it's, it's Blackpool Pleasure Beach, which is a <laughs> horrific sentence. There's no Big Dipper at the fucking Blackpool Tower, is Correct. there? Correct. Yeah. There is no Big Dipper, but they do have um, St. Chapelle. Uh, it's a church with oh, the most beautiful stained glass windows and um, King Louis. I realised that uh, when I was in France that my mum, she was like, I named your older brother, R- Richie, yeah. I named him after an English king. And I named you after a French one. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> because they famously revolted and yeah, killed their yeah, kings. Yeah. yeah, and they went through about like 17 Louis as well. So there's, yeah. yeah. So, oh, well, well, that's good. So that you've literally been sort of like needy, guerrilla culturing. Like you've gone to like different sort of parts of the world to like start your cultural adventure. Yeah, I've been knee deep in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let me say. I love it. Well, from Paris uh, with love, uh, who is on the show today? Uh, we have Jeff Innocent this week. I'm so excited. Jeff Innocent. Uh, a stand-up, well, I think it's fair to say veteran. He's been going for decades. Legend uh, of the scene. For 15 years plus. Yeah. Uh, stand-up, admit, I guess he mainly gigs in London. Um, I, I can't wait to talk to him. He's such an interesting man with such... Uh, well, he's in his six. How old is Jeff? I don't want to. I don't want to put. Him so in no, I've never met him before, but I've I've like seen him, and he's yeah, like you said, he's been around for a while, and uh, he's getting he's like a fine wine, like a fine French wine from uh, East London. Yeah, it gets better with age, I imagine. So yeah, really looking forward to speaking to him, and uh, hearing what he's going to talk about because I think he's got a lot of very interesting things to say. Hey, Josh, before we get going in the uh, into the podcast, where can people find us? Oh, that's right. Of course, people. If you want to get in touch, uh, please do follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you have an, if you want, if you have emails available to you, uh, drop us a line. Hello at theculturalvacuums.com. Oh, and before we even get to that, Lou, what, what, pasty bet time? Oh yeah. So this week the pasty bet is going to be for a uh, pair of trainers. 
Cool. And uh, <laughs> right, so like, like I said, I've never actually met Jeff before. Uh, but what do you think he is going to mention at some point in our conversation? Um, Blazing Saddles, the film Blazing Saddles. Ooh. Yep. Gene Wilder. Yep. Yeah, love that. All right. Uh, I think he is going to talk about the darts. He's a big, <laughs> I can imagine that he's, 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 he's maybe, I think that might come up in the guilty pleasure section. He loves a darts throwing contest. Okay. Yeah, lovely stuff. Well, all to look forward to to find out if he mentions either of those. <laughs> I think he's in the fucking Ali Pali dressed up as like a Thunderbird each fucking time it comes around. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, please, the wonderful Jeff Innocent, the cultural vacuums. Uh, welcome to the Cultural Vacuum! Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much for coming on, man. It's Thank a you. lovely pleasure. Pl- it's a pleasure to meet you. My pleasure. And uh, we should get just like straight into the vacuum stuff and the cultural references. Sure. What is the first thing that you would like to share with the cultural vacuum? Like, what's the first thing? Well, I'd like to talk about... Um, I'd like to talk about charity shops. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> How about that? Lovely stuff. Is that Find your car lamps? Uh, yeah, um, charity shops, but particularly with regard to buying clothes. Yeah. Okay. The reason I say that mm-hmm. is because I'm pretty obsessional and addicted to that process. Yeah. So much so that whenever I go and do gigs, <laughs> like sort of about, you know, when you reach a town at about seven o'clock yeah. and you park the car and you see a couple of closed charity shops. I have this terrible desire to break in <laughs> and rob them. <laughs> because I think, oh, no, what's in there, man? I wonder what's in there that I've missed out on. And that's how addiction works, isn't it? It's always the yeah. thing yeah. that you yeah. haven't got, yeah. the next thing. And with charity shops, when they're closed, I think, I bet there's something in there. Yeah. It's for me. Yeah. You know? And so I do have this. And I've even found myself looking at the window to see if they've got... Uh, security. <laughs> just in <laughs> case in the joint. Just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they can't have. And it's hey. fair to say, Jeff, with the way you look. It, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't help. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't help, does it? Except they go, oh, who's going to break into a charity shop? <laughs> but that's my master plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would you go for? What's the first item of clothing that you would When about? I go to charity shops, I think, is there, yeah, I probably do have a process whereby I have a scan first of all yeah there's an initial scan yeah which is probably somebody said going to a charity shop with Jeff Innocent I mean who would have such quotes <laughs> is like watching Howard Carter open Tutankhamun's tomb <laughs> because when I open that door I'm scanning and I'm thinking what's in here so I probably look at shirts first mm-hmm um, and then, well, I look at everything, but generally shirts first. But while I'm looking at shirts, I'm looking at hats, scarves, gloves, everything else around it. But I do go through methodically. Yeah. Particular styles? What are we talking? Well, no, I just look for extra large or extra, extra large. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tend yeah. to, I hate these new charity shops that are colour coded. Who uh, do they think they are? <laughs> Why? Benetton or some shit? Oh, yeah, I think yeah, you've yeah. ever heard of Benetton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they've, they've come up with this idea yeah. where, so in um, in conventional men's or, or, or fashion shops, they would often have the clothing colour coordinated. So you look over there and they'll be telling this sort of beige and blue story. Yeah. And that's their latest yeah. range. And you go over there and you think, okay, I'll, I'll try this one. 
But in charity shops, so they put, put block everything up in colour. Yeah. So all the reds and maroons are over there. But that's all they do. You see, now you've still got to go, right, where's the men's? Now you've got to go, where's the shirt? Oh, okay, now you've yeah. got to go, where's the extra large? So I'm totally against this, yeah. Yeah, this yeah, modern yeah, yeah. approach. And also, I think, it's quite nice when things are mixed up because I feel like sometimes when you're looking no. at a rack of stuff, it's kind of like, yeah, but it's like you can Well, that's kind of their argument, exactly. They said all people like to rummage. I went, yeah, but I like to rummage through... The size I know I am. <laughs> yeah, 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 no yeah, yeah, yeah. Rummaging through everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so before coming to stand up, you were you because you, I remember at a gig, you you we were doing Dulwich Hamlet. It doesn't matter a, a gig, and you came up and I had this Mac on, and you came oh, up wow. you put, and you, you put your arms on. You went, oh, blue, yeah, it's, it's nice. This Mark suspense. Yeah. Was just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you. Lou told me the first time. Well, one of the first times yeah. I met you, he's like, I'm going to give Jeff a budget and just ask him to yeah. go nuts. Yeah, that's what I wanted great, to right. do. I, yeah. wanted, I want to do that. Oh, so that's what... a great idea. That's a lovely thing to do. When I left school, I used to, when I, I had a Saturday job in a, a menswear shop right. in, in the late 60s. In, you grew up in London, I'm Yeah, in, in East London. Oh, yeah. And it was a shop called Mr. Byrights, which went on to be a sort of cheap clothing warehouse type yeah. shop. But when they initially opened, they were quite trendy. And I worked as a Saturday boy in the shop while I was still at school. Right. And... I was sort of artistic. You know when your parents say, it's very artistic. <laughs> I was very artistic. Yeah. And uh, there's only one letter that changes that to something else, isn't there, which is almost exactly the same. <laughs> but uh, the window dressers used to come and I used to think, that looks cool. Yeah. And I was very into fashion, totally. And so that's what I did when I left school, became an apprentice window dresser and did that for 15 years. Like oh, department right. stores? No, no, all men's mannequins. fashion. Not department oh, okay. stores, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, King's Road, Carnaby Street, oh, 1970. Wow. Yeah. I left school. So. Who were you like working for in that time? So what sort of Lord John would have been probably the most iconic yeah. menswear shop. They pretty much ruled Carnaby Street in the late 60s, Lord John. Yeah. There were there were all sorts of companies around at that time that don't exist anymore. Mm. The older people remember Cecil G, they were a top-end expensive mm. type shop. Take six. So there were a lot of very trendy, lovely shops. And I did an apprenticeship, like a proper apprenticeship, yeah, where you yeah, yeah. work under an experienced window dresser and they take you around and, and teach you all the stuff. So Is that like tailoring almost? Like, or is it well, sort of no, it's not really, but it, you're right to make some this sort of connection, particularly in the early days when before boutique menswear, there was bespoke menswear where everyone had everything made. So you might still see tailor's windows that has fabric displayed in the window yeah. in different shapes yeah. oh, okay. so I learned all that stuff initially Yeah, they had, they're called the waterfall or they have names and you arrange fabrics and people look at the fabric and say I want a suit made out of that fabric Yeah, but that, I was very late into that it all became boutique and, and off the rack stuff by the how late 60s how long were you doing that? 15 years really? I did that yeah, yeah. until the mid 80s Yeah. what actually happened is that jaw window dressing apart from department stores in small shops, became a bit de-skilled, really, because right. that whole European merchandising within the shop became... Yeah. Well, Benetton were the leaders in that. I don't know if you remember Benetton. You know, it so is Benetton. Benetton so is a, is a, a clothes shop, okay. but sort of French, I think. Yeah. So it was, you'd go in and there'd be piles of knitwear and piles of shirts. Right. So windows almost ceased to exist in terms right. of them being the, 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 the showing you what they sell. Uh, you you went in there and touched stuff. It was different. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in a way that that marked the the end of window dressing as a separate skill, yeah. apart from in department stores.
we met earlier today, you sent uh, Lou uh, a, a link to, or you told us to listen to an yeah, album, right? Sure. Could you like tell us a little bit about that album? Why would you? Why did you choose? It's Tighten Up Volume Two. It is, yeah. Um, it's very much an iconic LP. Yeah. So I was about fourteen when that came out, nineteen sixty nine. It's, it's for the listeners. It's a reggae LP with yeah, artists it, such as the Upsetters, the Pioneers, yeah. Rudy Mills. It's like a double album, isn't it? Uh, well, no. Well, it's just, well, no. It's a single album. I mean, I oh. think it, yeah. It, it, but it's, it's got loads of hits, yeah, yeah. tracks on it. Yeah. Um, and it came out in sixty nine, and it it. What's great about it is that it's a compilation of songs that came out in sixty nine. So it's not a compilation of songs that came out after the fact. Oh, so you were almost buying the records pretty much yeah. months after they'd been released. If you were really into music, you might have had some of those on single. But Trojan Record that you probably heard of, which is now yeah. an iconic label, was the British label that, that released Jamaican music. So yeah. it would have come out in Jamaican first, uh, and, then it, and then it goes and, and they put it out. And it was pretty much the sound of the skinhead youth culture. It pretty yeah. much defines the whole skinhead experience of... 68, that probably started, 69, 70, those three years. Yeah. The first people to be putting on Dr. Martin's as a fashion item. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know who the first bloke was. It must have been someone, <laughs> somewhere, must have been the first person who went, I'm going to put these on. Um, but that was the soundtrack of that whole experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And everyone had that LP. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and also you in those days, if you were into reggae, in in some parts of London, there were specifically there were reggae record shops. Yeah, yeah. that were where there was a big uh, uh, Jamaican community. Mm. Uh, but if not, uh, but also alongside, you'd be buying Jamaican records in in electrical shops that sold washing machines. Really, <laughs> like Rumbelows, you know, yeah, like we've got Curries yeah. and all of that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where the the you would buy the records for real, yeah. Why? I've got no idea. <laughs> well, you could probably work it out. I don't know, but that's where. So I remember buying records in those shops when I was a kid quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So if you lived in somewhere where there was a big Caribbean community like uh, Labrook Grove, there were record, there were reggae record shops. Less so where I lived in the borough of Newham, but certainly all over the country, that's where people bought reggae records yeah, yeah. in 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 electrical. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. That's so funny. Um, and um, so when you were like an early adopter of that fashion, the sort of, were you wearing the DMs as well? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, I was, but I probably was, I mean, they were older kids than me. So I was probably, a, you know, I was about 14, 15 when I went to that. Yeah. So they were, they were bigger kids with sideburns, you know, the bigger, <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. bloke kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a young one. <laughs> Rough kids. Yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, but the whole thing, yeah, the whole, you yeah, know, yeah, Ben yeah. Sherman's, Levi, Levi. Yeah. So I guess for like us, well, I don't know about you, Lee, but for me, my first like introduction to that whole like lifestyle was through the film like This Is England, Same, and that was like where I first. And then my and then like speaking, when watching that film, I remember my parents went and saw that film, and then they started telling me all about like they growing up, like them growing up in the sort of the seventies and sure. seeing all of that and the kind of you know the skinheads and the and then you had like the mods and all the kind sure. of quadrophenia stuff that kind of yeah. came out, and again like you said the Ben Sherman stuff and Definitely. everything like that, and so sort of, yeah, it was a complete. And then the, you listen to the sort of the music, and obviously. I think at that age it was like this skinhead had this kind of like racist connotation, yeah. you know. And then, but then when you're like, oh, but the, you know, everyone was listening to Scott. And, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah well, there are those contradictions, yeah. but I think it's important to be specific about about time sure, here yeah. because there had there are there've been different skinhead revivals, different yeah. mod revivals. So I can only really talk about the original initial. Yeah, uh, that'd be sixty nine uh, then. Yeah, 69, so 70. whereas before that, of course. 
if you had older brothers, they would have been mods in the early to mid-60s. Sure. They were listening to Scar. On the Vespa. So they were the, the basically, yeah, well, no, 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 no. See, all of that part of the revival, they weren't really listening to the Who, they'd have been listening to R&B, Scar oh, music. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Who, the Who are probably mods who would have been listening to that music. Yeah, yeah, Rather yeah. than... Does that make sense to you? So yeah, the absolutely quadru- not. Well, the quadru- <laughs> right, okay. The quadru- <laughs> right, okay. I need you to explain history okay, to us. Okay, right, okay. <laughs> in my head. The quadrophenia thing probably confuses it because the quadrophenia is about the 60s, but it comes out in the 80s. Yeah. Right? During a mod revival of the 80s. So it gets a bit confusing. Sure. But basically, mods are white working class youth from London's inner city initially, but also places like Manchester, uh, maybe Newcastle, uh, where in the early 60s, they're out raving to black American music and Jamaican ska. They're taking speed in huge quantities. They've been very specific about their fashion. They're wearing sharp suits. It's all about looking sharp and smart. Mm -hmm. The scooter thing comes a bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what was going on in the early to mid 60s, basically. That was the initial outbreak of mods. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, but, you know, people I know that were mods, really, as soon as that name comes out, pretty much it's now a mainstream thing. Yeah. Once the colour supplements have found out about it and they're called mods or the modernists, um, it's already probably over by then. But, yeah. So that's very different from yeah. the 80s revival mods. You know, it becomes a bit postmodern where you can you don't have to be specific it, about yeah. what you're yeah. wearing. You can kind of almost like rewrite history as well, yeah, I guess, yeah. like with Quadrophenia. So mods weren't, weren't, the initial mods weren't walking around with parkers, with bullet, with, with targets <laughs> on yeah. and all that. Yeah. That becomes a latest thing that gets associated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have you uh, have you stayed like throughout your whole life? Have you always sort of remained like a big reggae and ska like? Oh, massively, well? yeah. yeah. And, and the reason I chose that record is because that was a real awakening, that record. I had, yeah. I had had reggae records before and I had bought some and I knew about ska and... Uh, you know, you heard music in CAFs in those days. It's going to sound very 1950s, actually. <laughs> but CAFs had jukeboxes, and you'd okay. hang around with your gang in CAFs. Yeah, yeah. And you would put the music on in, in jukeboxes. Uh, well, we were called the Manor Park more. Hang <laughs> <laughs> yeah. around in Manor Park. <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many of them were? You laughing there. <laughs> Why we called that? Yeah, yeah. I like to see you laughing there, famous. <laughs> and I was one of the youngest. Guys in in the uh, on, in that little crowd, but we used to meet at this uh, this cafe in Manor Park, yeah. opposite a pub called the uh, I've forgotten what that pub, but where the Small Faces started. So it's all, the, the Small Faces were mods as well. Yeah. Right? I don't know if you know the I've heard, the yeah, rock I've heard band, the Small that, yeah. Faces. But check them out. So, uh, but that that LP, that six and LP, not only is it. Um, a sort of awakening for me. Yeah. It's pretty much an awakening for Jamaican music. Yeah. It's yeah, a whole yeah. new beginning where a whole load of new artists, new producers, new sounds. Yeah. Previous to that, the ska music had pretty much been tied up by about two or three studios and producers. This was like a whole explosion of sound, yeah. people, producers, whole, you know, because well, of... Underground relatively? Would that be well, no, no, it, well, it was underground here, but in Jamaica it was their pop yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was also new technology... You know, these are the bases for the change. New technology, uh, an economic boom where people are coming from the countryside to come and work in to Kingston because it was becoming industrialised. Yeah. You had a whole new generation of young people yeah. going to dance halls, wanting their own music. Yeah. And that, that music there represents that. But it also 
is a parallel history with with young people in England and London as well who are also listening to that music. Mm. Well, I, the thing that I so listening to some of the songs and it's weird because like, I recognise a few of them like Fatty Fatty mm-hmm. and uh, the other one, the one that really stuck out to me is Liquidator. Of course, and like because yeah, yeah. that. Because I'm not a Chelsea fan, but like so many, like when you watch that like match of the day, you hear that when the teams walk out, and it's yeah. such. And I and I wondered why, but I, I guess it's become adopted by so many. I'm sure it has. Of, yeah. of, so because again, it's like the youth sure. of that sort of time when they were kind of putting music and walking yeah. you know, fans out. Uh, and and fairgrounds as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you hear tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. But it's and what you what you have to try and remember is that '69. Now, when most people think about. The late sixties, musically, they're thinking about rock or pop or the Beatles or whatever. Yeah, that sounded some of that sounded futuristic. Sonically, yeah, it was just amazing. And I still, when I when I listen to those records now, I still get the same feeling. That same feeling. So in a way, it was like a sonic introduction yeah. to a whole new sonic world yeah, of yeah. sound. That what the fuck is this? I- Yeah, yeah. Thinking, what is this? It's great. It's got and it's got a real kind of like well, from so the songs that I remember listening to, it's just like very kind of almost like a, a melancholic kind of like sweetness about it. Like the lyrics are all really lovely. Yeah, majority of the time, you know, they're always about like love and sort of like sure. you know, kind of being good and sort of all this and stuff. And it was just yeah, it's just it's weird when you listen to something like that from like the sixty from sixty nine, and you kind of like yeah. it feels fresh was now. It, yeah, was it the Zeitgeist then, or were you the weirdo for liking? Well, no, no, music? rock was the thing. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. the, the Skinhead thing became a bit mainstream in that you could go to the high street and buy the gear, just like everything else. Yeah, mm. it's quite a while before it became became mainstream. So it was, it was still. Well, in a way, it was underground, but reggae music had had some popularity in this country before 1969. You know, there had been one or two hits, I'm thinking, notably Israelites by Desmond Decker, which you probably do know. Yeah. I mean, that was 68. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was before this. So, uh, uh, Love of the Common People, that, that had been a hit. So, British people had embraced... Jamaican music uh, uh, before then. Yeah. Now and again, there'd be a, a, a pop hit, yeah. or maybe maybe even a, it might be a novelty record. Don't forget, there'd been Mini Small's uh, "My Boy Lollipop," which was oh, yeah. much earlier in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was already a relationship, a mainstream relationship, if you like, with Jamaican music. Yeah. But this this was uh, yeah, it was an underground thing. It was a subcult subcultural, as they yeah. say. And yeah. then, like, sort of moving on into like the seventies and the eighties. Um, like, what would you like? Like, who? Like, were you going to like lots of gigs as well? Like, who were you kind of going to see? Were you kind of sticking? Or did you ever sort of dabble into like the sort of the punk Sex Pistols sort of scene? Was well, I was a bit old for that in a way. Ah, okay. Um, but but what was happening is she also Jamaican music wasn't a live band experience. That's so. Even though I was talking about the jukebox, mm. Jamaican music was about listening to the records on sound systems. So in Jamaica, people didn't go to watch live bands. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they went to. Yeah, that's why the producer is so much more of a, 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 an important yeah, person yeah, yeah. in the music. Everyone knows who produced these records. Lee Perry, the upset, yeah. for example, yeah. who's on about three of those records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, they're integral to the whole sound oh, because okay. it's their studio, their production gives you the sound. It's so, meant to be listened Yeah, so well. you weren't, people weren't going, the, the only real live music in Jamaica at that time would have been for tourists. Oh. So people who were staying in hotels getting a a sort of mixture of, of calypso and reggae. But yeah. when people went out raving to Jamaican music, it was on big sound systems. 
outdoors, but in this country it was indoors in cellars because we didn't really haven't got outdoors. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, the band thing sort of comes about once the Whalers emerged in the early 70s. So Chris Blackwall, who runs Island Records, can see how he can get a band, get the Whalers to cross over to a rock audience. Yeah. Yeah. So he adds a guitar and he does certain things with the music to try and sell it to a rock audience. But the actual, but I did go to see bands, but they were, they were rock bands. That's okay. what was going on. So yeah, there was yeah, a whole... Quite cross-diverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a problem at all. Yeah. So the whole live band scene was absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, you had access to, to go and see everyone. I was going to say, yeah. Who, brilliant who, who did you see like, around that sort of time? Well, you know, Led Zeppelin, Rolling wow. Stones, The Who, you yeah, know, yeah, Pink yeah. Floyd, all of those bands you could go and see. Yeah. And the lesser ones that you probably haven't heard of, who didn't quite make it, like Nazareth or the amazing Alex Harvey band. or There was a really vibrant live yeah. rock circuit yeah. that was affordable. And we had a venue near where we lived in Dagenham called The Roundhouse. And you, you saw everyone, I even saw Queen there before they were famous. Really? Just go and see. So, so yeah, it wasn't about seeing live bands with reggae. It yeah. The that, sound system thing is what it, it was makes about. so much sense to me now because even rap music, if you ever go to a concert like it's pop, the zeitgeist now is rap, I, I would suppose, on the charts. Yeah, you go and see rap live or at Glastonbury, it's shit. Like, it's, yeah. it's oh, not shit, it's, yeah, yeah. But like Stormzy sure. would be better listened on a on a sound system. Yeah, yeah, yeah they adapt yeah, their yeah, sound sure. and it never sounds as good live as it sure. does as you when you have it in your ears. Sure. Be like, well, obviously, you have it a comment in your ears. It piss anyway, you off but. now when you see like I've never because I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm 28, but no, I don't assimilate at all with teenagers now. I look at TikTok and I'm like, it's great, you crack on, not for me. But then for, for you, looking back, do you worry about the state of where music's going and all that? Or do you enjoy it anymore? No, no. I, uh, I don't... I, no, I don't you think, don't think it, about it? I don't think about it in those terms, mm. no. I'm just open to everything that's going on. Do you find quite? Do you find it easy to find like new music or like new artists? Is it still like? Do you still go out on the hunt, or are you kind of happy listening to stuff sort of like? Um, well, the thing is because it's so technologically based now, music, dance music, or grime, or or you know, dancehall yeah. is what reggae became yeah. called dancehall. Really, um, it's just about different sounds rather than different individual artists. I think so, and also because you've got access. So, for example, I might. Uh, you know, just have some some deep house on it. It'd just be different DJs, different mixes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really look around. I mean, God, you know, you don't have to look for new artists, do you? <laughs> it's too it's much, yeah. It's, it's like, just so People much. can stop making music for it. So it would still take me yeah. forever to like actually catch, catch up. Yeah, you know, skin the surface of it all. But the grime thing is very much, you know, what I do do, however, is if I look at something like grime or, or drill or whatever's out, I can trace... Yes, I yeah. can trace it back to certainly oftentimes to, to, to reggae music, reggae certainly to Jamaican music, yeah, but yeah, or blues particularly. But when yeah. it comes to the technology, the whole remix thing started in Jamaica. Yeah, the whole idea of the remix of the instrumental B side that now gets distorted by yeah. the producer. Yeah, that's a whole Jamaican thing that never really, really existed anywhere before. Oh wow! Yeah, I never knew. So, that. so I there's a connection there. There's a lineage, you know. There's an yeah, 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 evolution yeah, yeah. there that you see. So That's when you moved on from your your, your skinhead phase, yeah. what was the next phase? Um, well, what happened then is, I mean, I love this period of fashion. It's my favourite. It's and you t- you mentioned the Who. There's a now I don't know if you've got this in your head. There's a sort of look 
of the who the small faces got where it was it was mud going into psychedelia okay yeah there's yeah, a sort yeah. of just a, a couple of years where it's muddish I'm saying okay can I, I, can, no, can I try and expl- uh, describe and yeah, you can tell me if I'm yeah. wrong okay, what okay, I think okay, you're talking okay. about so you're talking about a mod so with, with the sort of psychedelic stuff be okay I straight away thinking tie-dye shirts not, not specifically tie-dye mm-hmm. but like frilly Austin Powers style kind of like shirts skin yeah. tight yeah. Like all those pictures of like disco, Roger Daltrey, disco. yeah, kind of moving into disco with kind of like flare trousers. No, I... no, 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 no. <laughs> no shut it's up. more, <laughs> more <laughs> hippie meets mod, if you like. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So it would be still a mod haircut, but maybe with with yeah a bit of a psychedelic shirt yeah. and a parka rather than a suit. A mashup, a bit of a mashup. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You might have to look this up. Like, <laughs> if you but, 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 but small faces captured it for a while, but I, me personally. Um, I probably well, there was a little period where they called them suede heads in about '71. <laughs> this is a very short period, and it was a really what this was was you see the skinhead look was very proletarian, you know, it's very working class boots, braces, yeah, yeah. and angry and, and sociologists, yeah, are, 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 you know, who were writing about youth culture. Not many would would theorise that it's about um, trying to recreate an imagined proletarian past or, or certainly to uh, to romanticise it. So, okay. I mean, how can work boots become a fashion item? But yeah. braces, jeans, short hair. What happens is it got a little bit softer in it. Uh, and they, they call them suede heads. So it basically, was the hair was a little bit longer, probably a little bit more like mods, okay. in that now instead of jeans, you might wear mohair trousers. Okay. Or it just becomes a little bit smarter and less. Maybe, yeah. yeah. So, so some of this stuff is very short-lived. Youth culture sometimes can just be a summer, can't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, the yeah. summer of love. It just moves so And then quickly. it's all moved on, the music's what? changed, the yeah. rhythm's changed. I mean, I noticed that, like, even when I was sort of growing up, like, sort of, this is only, like, 10 years ago, but it felt like the, the whole skinny jeans or emo yeah, haircuts yeah. kind of was yeah. around for about, it felt like a long time, but yeah. actually, when you look back but, at it, it wasn't but that But when you're long. 14, a year's a long time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 exactly. Especially but, when you're trying so, to fucking But, but what came in, but, so I went a little bit hippie-ish then. Yeah. So I, you know, grew my hair... And I wouldn't say I was a hippie. And I did buy into that a bit. Broken up because of this? Well, uh, we'd gone in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> Prison for some of them. <laughs> hospital for others. You know. Although, having said that, I am still in contact with one or two of those blokes, remarkably. Yeah. Yeah, we don't, may not see each other for, for certain several years. But, Pick up where um, it, So, a lot of people grew their hair then, grew beards. Yeah. Sort of, um, there's a look... There's an early 70s look. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, tell yeah. you who, who, I mean, it's a strange thing to say, but that looks, it's not about, like, you know the picture of the IRA when you see a bloke <laughs> with a beard and long hair? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> Under the back of the That really captures the look of that time. So it became a bit like that. Yeah. Um, so then then the whole glam rock thing came in a bit as well. Is there an artist, that, like, I'm thinking George Best? And not because they're, they're... George Best a bit, yeah. Would that be the look? Um, yeah, well, yeah, that beard, the beard, beard, beard. Because, beard and long hair. You want to talk about the footballer? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying, like, you said artist, and I was like, George Best. He was an artist. <laughs> but I, um, I yeah. quite <laughs> embraced the... So then by the early 70s, I think I quite... Because I was still in fashion, though. I was still a window dresser and yeah. like that. Oh, See, throughout this entire... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd only become one when I left school in the 70s, so, uh, yeah, I wasn't a skinhead window dresser, but 
Who are you looking at? Come on, you fucker. Oh, you're... I think uh, the whole glam rock thing came in pretty quickly by about 73 so it was sort of you know the David Bowie thing Uh, and I'll tell you the look here's the look Um, there was a TV programme called Budgie with Adam Faith so the look would have been long hair Working class, yeah. You want to check it out? Where would you? Working class, satin trousers, satin trousers, yeah, yeah, yeah. or or patchwork suede jacket. So it still certainly was effeminate compared to what men's clothing had been beforehand. Sure, yeah. But it was it was still blokes it's what wearing. What Freddie it. Mercury was wearing when Queen first started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, like glam rock is another one of those things that I think like after you t- sort of told us about like the the revivalist sort of or the revisionist when they, like like with the mods, mm-hmm. glam rock like. Cause, like you were talking about, like the velvet suits and stuff like yeah. that, or like the skin tight sort of like leggings and stuff like that. That the sort of bands and the sort of mm-hmm. that kind of scene would be in the uh, sort of early to mid seventies, and then in the eighties when you had like the kind of Motley Crue, Aerosmith kind of mm-hmm. like they sort of were then also being labelled as kind of like glam rock, but you know they kind sure. of took piss with it a little. Yeah, bit. probably. Well, they come later, don't they? Yeah, more heavy yeah, metal. Yeah. Probably New York Dolls might be a better. Oh example yeah, that's of, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of that look, but certainly. Leaders in the yeah, it was it was it, David Bowie was probably influential on a lot of people. That they called it gender bending in those days. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard that expression. I've heard it, yeah, but yeah, yeah, not yeah. in a It was actually quite a when you think about it being a mainstream thing, it was quite a challenge, yeah, to exist in ideas of what blokes should wear, yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Um, but there's that bit I this... certainly had a fur coat from Oxfam, so I was, I was. I was charity shopping. Actually, in those days, we had jumble sales. Have you ever heard of jumble sales? Yeah. You know what yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They, where are they now? They've gone, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a charity shop. Yeah, yeah. So true. I used to go to jumble sales and do the same thing as a teenager that I do now. A jumble sale, like, like, like almost like a, like a charity sale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go to school hall, church hall. Yeah, you There'd be different stalls, wouldn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of tea and cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a fur coat. Uh, I was in that going in that direction. Yeah. Fur, big fur coat. My mum was so embarrassed. It was also for my mum. Yeah. They were a generation of people that couldn't afford shoes and shit, you know. Yeah. So the whole idea Sorry, that you would be buying secondhand clothes. Yeah. I could I was gonna say it must be so rat like sort of yeah. alien to them. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. What you got for Well me? you always throw this on me and it's not even like that. <laughs> it's like Lee's favourite question. It's not my favourite question. He loves because it. everyone always goes, well, I don't feel guilty about it, but it's like oh, okay. what is the thing that is well, there's only so many ways I can phrase what's God, guilty pleasure. I won't diss the question. <laughs> you make yourself up, but it makes me look like I'm being special needs, being like brought to the fence and going, ask your question to the man. What, what's, ask your little question. Yeah, ask you like your question, ask. you fucking choice. <laughs> uh, what's, what's, what's your favourite, what's your guilty pleasure, Jeff? Um, oh. <laughs> Here we go. Hard yes. drugs. No, well, I, I mean, I, well, I have taken a lot of drugs. In <laughs> I'm not showing off about that, but uh, I have been somebody that's, that's taken a lot of drugs. I don't know if I've got guilty pleasure. It's probably certain bands exactly. that I might put on that I would, I wouldn't like to Even tell people about. For me, yeah, as a because it means that. I, on YouTube, I watch a lot of ASMR videos because they calm me down. Which videos? ASMR. It's like a tingling feeling that you get from a sensation of noise. So it's usually like... And what's it called? ASMR. Auto neuros. Oh, okay. okay. It's, you'll go oh, on okay. YouTube. And what, and so you go, you put it on and you get a sensation. 
Yeah, it's like almost like weird. <laughs> yeah, like a meditation. So, sorry, I just looked you in the eyes. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, pop and yeah, a boner right. at the same time. Sorry, Jeff yeah. just looked me in the eyes and said sensation. No, yeah, a tingling sensation, a sense of calm. I, I haven't. I think what it is is deep because I'm older now. I don't have to feel guilty about fuck all, <laughs> but I do like to get pissed. Okay. Yeah. And listen to the female empowerment music of Gabrielle. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. love Gabrielle. Right? Yeah. Uh, so that will that do? Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> and, and actually, I get so pissed when she's singing because I always imagine that the only people that go to a concert are women that or women. Yeah, <laughs> that actually haven't been that much very lucky in love. Yeah, That's yeah, a nice yeah. Way to put it. They go, yeah, Gabriel, they're bastards, aren't they? And, um, but what I uh, think is, especially when I, what actually happens is I get a little bit sorrowful. So when I watch Gabriel singing about how she's someone's given her a hard time, yeah, or so that out of reach, for example. Oh yeah, yeah. Out of reach, I go, no, how can I treat it like that? <laughs> and honestly, get actually genuinely upset. <laughs> But how they fucking treating Gabrielle, man? Look at she's gorgeous, and someone. How can you even? So I get a bit like that. And Barbara Streisand. Okay. Oh, I listen yeah, to Barbara yeah, Streisand. Yeah, yeah. Love Barbara. In a sort of Jewish gay way. <laughs> well, Barbara Streisand was always very popular with Jewish people, and always very popular with gay men. Uh, and she was one of those gay icons. Yeah, and, I, yeah, yeah. and I used to have this joke that no one got about car. Imagine the Barbara Streisand record collection you'd have if you were Jewish and gay. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever got it because it was a bit after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I do, yeah. And even Madonna. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, once yeah. we had a few drinks, I'll, I'll yeah, wipe you know, a bit of yeah. Money, so though. and get a bit, bit tearful. Oh. So it'll be pretty much. And uh, now, now we're Tracy, Tracy Chapman. Oh, really? oh yeah. It's just people, just women, basically. Yeah. I get pissed. And listen to women and think, how could they have treated you so badly? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah. do that to you. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> I and my that. wife just ignores me when I'm doing and going through one of those. So that is a good. Is that a good guilty pleasure? I love that. That's, that's one of the, that is honestly answer. one of the sweetest guilty pleasures I think I've ever had. But yeah, that's amazing. I don't even know what I've told you. It's out of the fucking bag now, isn't it? We'll I mean, send it to you. So yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, last thing I was going to ask was uh, just quickly, and if it, but. Um, we like touched upon like films very very briefly, but like, is there like are there any films that you ever sort of whack on that you just kind of keep going back to yeah. from you know like and you know actually yeah, I just want to like, have yeah. you ever seen Babylon before? Of course, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like film like like films like that. Like, did you or are there any others that you would sort of say? Uh, well, harder they come. Of course, is is the great reggae film with Jimmy yeah. Cliff, and that's worth seeing because that's also about the record industry. Mm. But in terms of film generally, you mean? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you know. If is there is there one film that I, well no I tell you what I do there, there are several films a handful of films I don't know how many there are that if I'm flicking around on TV and they come on I have to yeah sit and watch them. I can't not walk away now yeah yeah I fucking hate that <laughs> but I'm I'm a big spaghetti western fan oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah massive spaghetti western fan in fact my favourite film of all time is a spaghetti western it's called Once Upon a Time in the West yes and it is my most fan it's a film where I could never walk away from that film if it's on in any way plus the music when did it come that's out? the Morricone soundtrack 1970 I think yeah yeah it is and the music of that is just and I went to see Ennio Morricone with a full orchestra oh, wow. full choir at the O2 doing all the music from the films oh that would be so cool it was just so really? awesome mate yeah yeah, it was yeah, awesome. yeah it was just 
like the best concert I've ever been to. I could, know, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that was quite yeah, a the Stones, so. man. I think it was about five years <laughs> yeah. ago, maybe, you know. Yeah. Is that just again from growing? Is that because of like childhood, just kind of those Clint Eastwood films, like, you know, the sort of, the, that sort of. Well, yeah, but there is a time with reggae, of course, because uh, although that's you know a lot of reggae artists are named after spaghetti western really? characters. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's Clint Eastwood. There's, for example, there's Lee Van Cleef. There's a lot of there are <laughs> yeah. there's Trinity. So yeah. so they would be shown in Jamaica, and because it's about the underdog and uh, and we used to go and watch. Uh, you used to be able to go and watch films in this country, kung fu films, Jamaican films, spaghetti westerns. Uh, all night cinemas and smoke weed in the cinema and all that. Really? Yeah. So there was a whole culture of the way in which you watch the film, not just the film exi- existence. The whole way people went and watched films was different. I went to uh, the, the Curzon last night. Curzon? Curzon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guess how much two tickets to see Wes Anderson's new film? Uh, I bet you're talking about 50 quid in it for two tickets. No way. 42 quid. No way. Oh. <sighs> And he can't smoke weed in there as well. <laughs> I can't smoke weed in there. I couldn't. Can't I couldn't. It. Well, because the whole way of, of what is is shouting at shouting at the characters and the whole <laughs> interactive way of I fuck it. I would love to have done that. So so no next cup time. holders. No cup holders. No cup holders. Fuck that cinema. Yeah, exactly. No ashtrays. No cup holders. When you holders. think about that, smoking weed in cinemas, you can't do that now, can you? But <laughs> probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I used to live in Forest Gate. I live in Newham and I've lived yeah. all over Newham. It's a small, austere borough. But I just happened to have lived in Forest Gate, and there's a kebab shop. But it used to be a, a cinema in, in in an Edwardian cinema. Oh. Now all that's left. It's just that you can see the shape of the roof. Oh, yeah. But it's now just a kebab shop right. along the, like, with a load of... But film people go there on a tour to look at the building. There's nothing to see. Yeah, yeah. They've got one of those in uh, in Forest Hill. There's a Weatherspoons in Forest yes. Hill, which is... And it's so weird because the bar is where the, the stage or the screen is. And then you turn around, like, as you do when you're leaning across the uh, Weatherspoons bar, and you're like, fucking hell, that is really scary. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like that bit in the shine. Up as a cowboy for Halloween, Jeff. Yeah. I went to France last week. Went to Paris. Ooh, very lordy dog. Beautiful. I'm going to send you a picture of these beautiful suede boots. Right. Chelsea boots. You've got them, or you own them? I bought them. Right. In you bought them in France. But I I was walking around in New Balance trainers, and if Paris, I felt like I was such a. I felt underdressed. English. I felt yeah. I felt underdressed. Yeah. Everyone's walking around like in yob. Yeah, I felt like a yob. So I went and bought these boots. Wow. Wrong size because I don't speak oh, French. No. And then I fell over. <laughs> oh no! On Halloween f- and fucking. Oh Jesus Christ! Smashed your ankle. Smashed my ankles, please. And where are the boots now? Are they? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the boots. I'll wear the boots next time. Okay. Definitely. We'll wear. We're our best attire. I think next yeah. time. I'll come dressed up properly. Velvet. Velvet. We can be like different uh, different eras of clothing, I think. We can get the mana part I'll come back together. <laughs> yeah. Just one last fucking... <laughs> one last job. I think, I think what we're both saying is, can we be in the mana part, boys, <laughs> yeah. please? Any room for a normal... We'll get you started again. We'll do it again. Well, I'm trying to start the old gang up with some new blood. <laughs> you can be the hard one this time. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's funny, because my... my uh, I mean, I've been... You know... I don't want to uh, romanticise violence, but um, <laughs> Go on. I'm going to. Uh, I have been in a few scrapes, and I've got a few war wounds. But I remember my son saying to me about, "Oh, did you ever get beaten up?" And uh, and um, 
my wife said, no, because he surrounded himself with people that looked after him. But <laughs> I think back, I pretty much, I was pretty much, you couldn't touch Jeff because he's, he's the funny guy. He's, he's our man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I was pretty, uh, I had a charmed life in that respect. I, that I mean, I've got a few. I mean, I did, I, I had a girlfriend who left me and I came up with this idea to get her back to make out I'd cut my wrists, right? <laughs> so I said to my mate, well, we're all in the gang, right? So I said, well, what I'm going to do, I've come, you know when you're young, you come up with such stupid idea. I said, I'm going to commit suicide. And then what you do, you take me to the hospital and then phone her up and then she'll be so upset to come. So, so I timed it. I said, I want it to look real. So you've got to break in the front door. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So what he did, my mate, uh, Johnny Butler, it was, who I still speak to on the phone. He's he's had bypass surgery in his heart now. Anyway, so Johnny Butler comes round, breaks the door down at the right time. He comes into the kitchen. So I've actually genuinely cut my wrist. So he comes out in the kitchen and he had a look, he went, you're going to have to do it a bit more than me. <laughs> She's not going to believe that. It's not deep enough, Jack. Oh, what the fuck is this? So that's the sort of people I used to hang around oh, yeah, Did yeah. it work? Um, well, what happened is that I... You married her. No, no, what happened is, so, so we go to the hospital, and then uh, some doctor goes, oh, I think you might have cut one of your tendons, and you're going to look, and I thought, oh, no. So we got a bit out of hand, and my idea... <laughs> Fuck, it's actually And then, uh, so, yeah, that was all all right. But then, so, Chuck said, right, now go and phone her. And he came back and he went, she's gone away for the weekend. <laughs> so the whole, my whole stupid idea that she's going to come back. And then, um, and then when we left the hospital, so I've now got bandages on my wrist. Complete waste of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His car wouldn't start, so I had to help him push starting car. <laughs> your elbows. With my elbows. Exactly that. And then we got into an argument with some kids in the street, and it nearly kicked off. We nearly had a fight. So it was a. That was the world I used to live in. Oh, fuck um, if, if those are the nights you had, if we could get into the, still get into the Manor Park Boys, it'd be yeah, too late. Some, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some big shoes to fill. Well, his mum lives near. Oh, she used to live near. What's that hospital in Peckham? King's King's yeah. Cost, King's College Hospital. So yeah, we've got we've got hookups if we need yeah. if we need if any we need medical to get assistance. Quick, quick access. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it'd be like a little mob with our little sort of on yeah, side be good doctor. Show. Yeah, dressed as cowboys. Dressed as cowboys to wherever you go. Jeff's trying to get attention again. (laughs) (laughs) He's opened an old wound. Uh, So, (laughs) there's anything you'd like to plug or that you'd like people to come where people can come and see you or hear you or anything like that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want any of that. (laughs) All right, cool. I don't don't want people coming to see me. (laughs) I don't want them getting, I don't want them being Facebook friends, Instagram, all of that. Hate it all. You can all piss off. (laughs) No, uh, yeah, just. Where, you know, I'm we'll put some internet, sender's so. links. Yeah, we'll put some links. Okay. We'll, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not very active on Instagram not or Facebook mind. or Twitter. I just get a bit bored with it. Yeah. I do understand some people have built careers around yeah. social media. Not many, actually, when you really look at it. Yeah. But I find it a bit boring. I just can't be bothered. And Sam's been get me to do Instagram. He said, no, that's where it's at, Instagram. I just got bored with every gig going, oh, be my, join my Instagram, yeah. taking a picture. I thought, I can't be bothered. You still, because it was so nice watching you and Rich. In I was gigging at Blackout, you were at Sunday Special, and you and Rich Wilson had not seen each other, not for a long time. Okay. And it's obviously, you'd known each other for a decade or longer. Sure. And it was so, do you still have that joy for gigging? Oh, well, unbelievable. yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, 
I it's funny you should bring that up because I run some comedy workshops and what I say to the students is actually the things that drive it is the, it's the pure joy mm. of doing it the absolute joy more so because now I know what I'm doing more yeah so I'm more on top of it yeah but oh I love but what the, the what I wanted to do with Rich there because <laughs> Rich used to work up the creek as a barman and potman right yeah, yeah. and I never let him forget that. Just for a laugh. And what's in the back of my head is that scene in Goodfellas where he's reminding him that he used to be a shoe shine. Yeah. Where, I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Hey, go yeah, and shine yeah. some fucking shoes like that. And he ends up getting killed in the back of the... <laughs> yeah, back of the Because he said that. But whenever I see uh, Rich, when I'm standing outside up the creek, there'll be a sign saying, Bale stuff want to go, yeah, Rich. <laughs> you want to go and do that, dude. It's like it's missing his blood. So... I, I made a big point of going, hey, Rich, man, so great. You, you used to work here, didn't you? To the audience. I'm going, you used to, Rich used to work here, man. And here he is, you know, comparing the gig. So just leave a few glasses out for him. <laughs> <laughs> just for old time's sake. I know it fucking winds him up. So, <laughs> but I love, I love comedy more than I've ever loved it. Yeah. Still got intellectual ambitions. Not really career ones, because, I mean, I'm too old to... People don't put you on the teddy when you're old, but certainly I'm still not quite doing it in the way that I want to do it. Yeah. So I'm still working, still work in progress. I don't mean that in a false modesty way, yeah. but oh, I love doing it. It's the best thing in my life. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's yeah. really cool. And you've got um, kids, Jeff. Yeah, you know, I've told them. I've told them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Jeff Ennison there. What a ch what a chat, Lou. What a guy. What a chat. Yep, I really enjoyed that. I feel like you are just chomping at the bit to give him some money to go and buy you a new... A new <laughs> well, wardrobe. that was originally the thought process. It'd be like, Jeff, you're into clothes. I'll give you X amount of money. Do me an outfit. <laughs> and I, I, I think I might do because it, it, I find uh, charity shops and things like that so cumbersome, like really boring to just go around the, the, the filing process. But Jeff seems to... Oh, he loves it. A, yeah. I was open my eyes. Yeah, definitely. You have to get out of my fucking designer clothes and go into a fucking, uh, you know... I wasn't going to say anything, but you've dressed like a bum. Yeah, I know. In front of exactly, Jeff. Yeah. I've got my new textured pants on. I, was gonna, I saw those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very figure fitting. And Jeff had his lovely uh, green green uh, trackies on, which were Fred Perry, I think. Fred Perry trackies. Bought yeah. them in Manny. Fucking hell. Yeah. Genius. Genius. Anyway, Lou, where can people find us? You can find us at the Cultural Vacuums or just Cultural Vacuums on Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter as well, The Cultural Vacuums. Exactly. But listen, find us on Instagram and Apple Podcasts and iTunes, and could you leave a message and a review and all that good stuff? Because it, it's important to it me. It does. It means a lot to us. It comes from the bottom of our hearts. Mm. Uh, five stars would be great. Anything else is just fine. Uh, and uh, we'll be back soon. Mm.